The Integrate and Ignite podcast has been coming to you weekly since the summer of 2016. We have interviewed over 450 incredible guests on our show and have brought you insights that help you all become smarter business people, know marketing communications in a stronger way, or just have aha moments to affirm what you are doing is right or answer a question about if you should be approaching things differently. As we strategize and look back on the many guests over the 140,000 downloads we've had, we began to segment our audience more deeply. Abisec Communications has worked with over 1,200 startup brands over its 43-year history. Some of those brands are enterprise. They started out as one location franchise and now are over 450 nationally. And some of those brands are just single source solutions in manufacturing or medical or B2B tech, whatever it might be. During that time, we have brought disruptors, innovators, and visionaries ideas to life through the integrated communications programs we deploy. Many of, the, many of those individuals have had billion-dollar IPOs, many have been involved in mergers and acquisitions, and many have sold their businesses. In the next evolution of the Integrate and Ignite podcast, we're going to be bringing these stories to life. We will talk with these incredible leaders, the marketing teams they hire, and the industry experts about how marketing scales business. As we begin season eight, we hope that you will continue to tune in on any of your podcast players, and we've got a special announcement today. The Integrate and Ignite podcast will also now be in video form on Abisec Communications' YouTube channel. Now with this introduction, I also want to provide you some great insights about one of the big things that we've learned in working with visionaries over the past 43 years. Years ago, we had a potential client come to meet with us. Product in tow, this medical engineer was brilliant. He worked for several large businesses and found a need and a product that was going to change the world. A very cool product, he proclaimed, cool, hip, and unique. Nobody can do what we do, he said. The problem is that the product isn't selling. I need a brochure. And I didn't budget anything for marketing. Can you work for stock? He truly felt that the product was going to sell itself. I'm out of money. I don't have a marketing team. I don't know why it's not selling. I was told people don't understand my messaging. People can't find me. I don't know my audience as well as I thought I did. My marketing manager just quit. I'm sure all of you listening today have either experienced one of those situations or you may have been that person that just quit because the visionary of your business doesn't understand how to implement the vision. One of the most critical aspects of a marketing director for an early stage or later stage company as the CEO, CTO, or a sales team is understanding the value that marketing brings to the table. And it doesn't start with a logo or words. It starts with research. So if we take a look at some of the market research that is in the marketplace today, I'm going to bring you back to 2020. And we're going to talk about some of the reasons why startups and growth-minded businesses fail. And as you've heard me say, it starts with research. In 2020, the U.S. Internal Revenue Service received more than 4.4 million applications for new business, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. In the second, third, and fourth quarters, business formation topped every quarter since 2005. Although COVID-19 
shuttered almost 30% of businesses, it was simultaneously responsible for the 21st century's greatest surge in entrepreneurship. But nearly one-fifth of those businesses shut down in the first year. Even with venture backing, a staggering three-quarters of startups still fail. So if we again ask ourselves why some of these early-stage businesses fail, we take a look at the fact that, like the individual that entered the doors of Abisset many years ago, 37% of them run out of, out of money. 31% may not have money at all. No business plan, outcompeted, no market need, pricing issues, poor marketing, poor UX, ignored customers, failed geographic expansion, and product was mistimed are the primary reasons, according to Wilbur Labs, that businesses fail. If you take a look at that list, all of those tie into research. Back to my story about Cool. There are all wonderful people working on a lot of great products, but they thought their product, the solution, the service was so good, so innovative that it would sell itself. If no one knows about your product or your solution, how will it sell? If nobody has the need for your product or solution, how will it sell? If nobody has the need for your product solution, what can you do to pivot it to get it to sell? Again, we've worked with a lot of early stage and later stage businesses that have that visionary at the helm. Some remain small lifestyle brands, others didn't make it. The fast growth brands all have something in common. They value research and they value marketing. So we also took this research from Wil Wilbur Labs a step further. And we looked at the advice that a lot of the founders that were interviewed during this research study had for aspiring entrepreneurs. And one of the very first element there is to own your mistakes. Failure is always inevitable. And when we own it, when we learn from it, we will truly grow. The two most talked about aspects of founders' advice to founders were listening to customers and is the market ready? These are research elements and very, very important elements to make sure that you will succeed in your next venture. So how do we prevent failure? These same founders had recommend recommendations surrounding that. More research prior to launch, stronger business plan, better marketing, better product. Again, all of that relates back to the need for research and marketing as a foundation to really launch a product, a new business, a new solution, develop a strategy category, understand your audience, understand your competition, ask yourself, are we going to be challenging someone or something? All of these components become very, very important here. So what I wanna share with you today is don't think of marketing last. Research is marketing. Strategic planning is marketing. Customer insight is marketing. Market insight is marketing. Competitive insight is marketing. Product UX is marketing. So what are three ways that you can gain more attention for your product, for your solution? We're gonna go through that over the next few minutes. And the first one is recognizing the importance of positioning. 
why does most positioning fail? Most people believe that positioning doesn't matter. Positioning is the is the cornerstone. It's the category strategy of how you will own a market and be able to differentiate yourself from the competition. If there's not a market need, or if there if there are so many products in the market, what you need to be able to do is take a look at that and determine what is it that we can do so differently that people will believe this is a all this is a brand new category within an oversaturated area. Most positioning also fails because of you know back to the story I, I shared with you about the med tech company coming in. They believe the audience gets it. All too often, we talk about what we do and why we do it. We don't get into the overarching insight regarding why a customer should purchase the product and why they need it, and then turning those insights into customer-first copy, copy that resonates with the customer from the standpoint of why I need this. That is a key juxtaposition and how we position products today. And also the third element here is making lofty promises that the product doesn't deliver or it's so difficult to get to that point of delivery that the customer is going to be upset and you know not not use all the modules in the SaaS you know solution or the ERP solution or the machine that they've just bought those are the sort of components that really upset customers and get them to the point of just saying no more. Another example of that is understanding the customer need states. A customer need is a motive that prompts a customer to buy a product or service. Ultimately, that need is the driver of customers of, of the customer's purchase decision. Companies often consider the customer need an opportunity to resolve or contribute surplus value back to the original motive. An example of customer need states takes place every day at around noon. This is when people begin to experience hunger, a need, and decide to purchase lunch. The type of food, the location of the restaurant, and the amount of time that service will take are all factors to knowing and understanding how individuals decide to satisfy that need. So when we're developing messaging and we're developing positioning moreover, we need to take a look at these need states to really hone in on product differences, competitive differences, so on and so forth. Some examples of need states might be functionalities. A customer needs your product or service to function the way they need in order to solve a problem or desire. Perhaps it's price. Customers have unique budgets, with which they can purchase a product or service. Convenience is a big one. Your product or service needs to be convenient to the function your customers are trying to meet. Are you reliable? The product or service needs to be reliable as advertised every time the customer wants to use it. Back to the manufacturing machine I mentioned. Performance. The product or service needs to perform correctly so the customer can achieve their goals. And how about efficiency? The product or service needs to be efficient for the customer by streamlining an otherwise time-consuming process. Here are six ways that you could use or define a need state, and there are dozens of more based on what your product unmet need is in the marketplace. 
Now, another component that I want to share with you that ties into a lot of positioning faux pas, we we believe, is you've got a great um, competitive in, you've got great competitive insights that have been defined. You've talked to customers. You've taken a look at some of the unmet needs, and you're ready to begin messaging. But what happens all too often is we talk about what we do and why we do it. We talk about ourselves before talking about the audience or talking to the audience to intrigue them from an emotion, in an emotional way about what you do and why you do it. If we lead with people first or customer first, we know that we have a better chance of getting a customer to read more about the product, to learn more, and then ultimately purchase it. The best positioning copy takes the exact phrases from the user interviews, again, research, to explain their product solutions. People-first marketing is both an approach and a set of marketing strategies that focus on personalizing customer touch points across channels to drive the engagement and maximize campaign performance. So let's take a look at some very large companies, not just startups, that launched products that ultimately did not fit did not fit customer need and and failed. In 1982, Colgate came up with the weirdest brand extension idea ever. They decided to sell frozen dinners. So let's connect the dots here. Colgate toothpaste is going to launch frozen dinners. Imagine Colgate branding with beef lasagna branding. This plan totally backfired, probably because consumers couldn't help but think that the Colgate food tasted just like their toothpaste. No company launches a product thinking that it will decrease sales for their other products, but in this situation, Colgate should have seen it coming. Their toothpaste sales plummeted after the launch of the Kitchen Entrees line. Another example is in 1999, a nightmarish startup, uh, Rejuvenate Facial Toning Mask, was launched. So imagine a facial mask that is hard plastic that you put over your face. Of course, it's got open areas for your eyes, your nose, and your mouth. And then it's got straps to put it around your head to keep it on. And then you click a button that ultimately tightens the facial muscles with shock therapy. Ultimately, consumers revealed that it feels as bad as it sounds. And research, again, in both of these examples with Colgate and uh, Rejuvenique, they didn't do the research in advance. To They didn't talk to customers. In both of these examples with Colgate and Rejuvenique, what was missing? Customer research. Had a customer put on this mask, had they gone shoot through the shock therapy, they would have realized, Rejuvenique would have realized that it wasn't the right fit. Had Colgate done the research that they needed to with the customer, they also would have considered that. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of, of examples that, again, we can all learn through, but those are a couple that I wanted to share with you today. Another one that I wanted that I want to bring um to the forefront here is a company uh, that we launched, uh, Solid Power. Solid Power is one of the the early granddaddies, if you will, of solid state batteries. Uh, we actually positioned the all solid state battery uh, with Solid uh, Power about four years ago. Since we launched the brand in the marketplace, the CEO had a very, very astute team um, that he brought on. 
They knew that the product wasn't going to sell itself. They were developing a new strategy category. They knew that they needed to develop communication techniques to really intrigue investors at the time to invest in the company. And one of the one of the very unique strategies that we knew early on in order to intrigue 20 investors to invest in this company was thought leadership. So we took a look at how we could position the CEO as a forethought leader in this very, very oversaturated, a lot of R&D happening at the same time among many, many different companies and positioning him in a thought leadership way with a lot of PR, with a lot of blogging, with a lot of interviewing is what it took to ultimately attract these investors. He did a great job saying selling as well, did what conducted one on one meetings, conducted one on one demos, um, built a manufacturing facility with a lot of the funding, started doing um, you know a lot of walkthroughs and a lot of tours to really intrigue the marketplace. And he got the big money. He got the the you know the big automotive companies investing in the in the brand, and all because of a thought leadership strategy to get them to believe in the approach that he was taking with the development of the product. About two years after we launched this thought leadership uh, program for Solid Power, they had a billion dollar plus IPO, and that is not typical for most startup or emerging or fast growth brands, but it is a real success story on how the CEO took research. He understood the importance of marketing. He understood his audience. He understand it, understood the market need. He knew what he needed to get funding to invest in more R&D and research and growth and manufacturing facilities and and it was a real success story for this agency and the client that we were working with. So in this situation, Solid Power knew that cool wasn't enough, that they needed far more marketing, that they needed to be people first, that they needed the research to back it all up in order to attract the investors that were so important. They knew the importance of innovation, of improvement, and that that would ultimately lead to adoption. Moreover, the sales and marketing alignment they knew was critical for the success of the brand. And they also put great, great strength behind the positioning, people first, and the context that we created with the market. They knew the product wouldn't sell itself. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I look forward to bringing you a new season of the Integrate and Ignite podcast and talking through how we have helped companies scale, how marketing directors have taken brands and brought them to an all new level, and what the visionary mindset behind those brands is. I hope that you tune in to the next season of Integrate and Ignite.